Hello, my fellow ghouls, to Nightmare on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> this is a four-part Halloween series. Today's episode is introducing the new format and the new series that are entering the podcast. You see, after checking the polls and reading my listener feedback, I came to a conclusion. It's a tie. <laughs> you see, I have, like, uh, between everybody's voting and like in the polls and comments that I've been getting and all that, it ended up being like a 50-50 between Family Guy and The Simpsons. So I couldn't make a decision between the two. So I was like, well, I don't want to make that decision for myself. I think we should just do both those shows included with Bob's Burgers because I think it would make sense because they're all premiering at the same night every week. So why not? Sorry, Kripopolis, uh, you just didn't have enough interest, so maybe down the road I'll ask everyone again, but right now, I don't even think it even had like 3% of the vote, so I can't justifiably pick that, <laughs> because nobody was going to pay watching it. So yeah, so for now on, every episode of Ocean Avenue will be formatted with Bob's Burgers first, then The Simpsons, and then Family Guy, and then I'll have a break in between each section you know, introducing each new uh, episode. And then finally, at the very end of this episode, I'll have a wrap up where I pick the my favorite, you know, like overall episode of the day. So yeah, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be kind of interesting going between all these different shows, but I'm up for it. It's all good. So now I got that whole thing out of the way. Today, I'll be reviewing Bob's Burgers Full Bars Season 3 Episode 2, The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror from Season 2, Episode 3, and Family Guy, Halloween on Spooner Street, which I believe was, oh, I forgot to write down what it was. It was Season 9, which I thought was kind of interesting, Episode 4. So it's far down. I mean, they didn't make one for a long time, so that's really interesting. So yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this episode because it's a new format and we have new shows to talk about and I love Halloween so very much. <laughs> so before we get this episode started, let's take a quick break and we come back. It's all about Bob's Burgers first. Here we go. Welcome back. I hope you're in the Halloween mood and... <laughs> I can't wait to do this episode. Okay, so here's a summary of Season 3, Episode 2, Full Bars. Teddy's having a Halloween party, and Bob RSVP'd, maybe, and this irritates Teddy. Soon after, Linda and the kid, kids meet, and Linda's wearing a mermaid outfit, and the kids are dressed up as... Well, Louise was Edward Scissorhands. Tina was Mummy Mommy, and Jean was Queen Latifah in her U-N-I-T-Y phase, which is my, one of my sister, sisters used to play that song all the time. The kids want to go trick-or-treating on their own, and Bob caves in and lets them. Teddy is happy because now Bob can join his party. Woohoo! <laughs> As the kids walk around town, they notice that no one has any candy. Then back at Teddy's party, the <laughs> Teddy had the entire place painted black and orange. Like, insane. And he even painted the, the guinea pig black and orange, too, and he dressed up like a tiger. The tiger suit, super adorable. Well, anyways, the guinea pig runs away soon after. Bob doesn't want, doesn't have a like costume, and Teddy says we're gonna fix that right now. And he goes to his costume closet, which is kind of funny because I don't really associate Teddy with costumes now, but and I guess he it does because he had a lot of costumes in that closet, even Chewbacca. Back with the kids, Louise wants to go to King's Head Island because they probably have better candy. 
they get as they get closer to King's Head Island in the ferry, they think of it as going to be like evil and horrible, but eventually it's like Disneyland. They meet other kids and their names are Milo and Nick, and we're probably never going to see them again. <laughs> so funny. Okay, they become their guys throughout the town. We see Bob dressed up as a large person, and moments later, Teddy's screaming because Francis is dead. He feels someone stepped on him for some reason, and he asks everyone to put his shoes in like a bucket or something, a bowl, and he's going to test out, see which one of them killed Francis. Bob feels like oh, it's time to leave, and Teddy gets hysterical and says no one is leaving until we find the murderer, which is very funny because it becomes like almost like a murder mystery now, which I enjoy. Back with the kids again, Louise is freaking out because she saw that they give out full bars in King's Head Island. We see a montage of them walking around town getting candy, which is super cute. At the party, Teddy calls the police and they said no one's coming. Teddy begins accusing everyone in the party. I gotta say Gretchen's UTI cheerleader outfit is hilarious. I know I've seen it many times, but I didn't really pay attention to what her shirt said until I, I did now. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Anyways, so Milo and Nick want to leave because of Hell Hunt. That's when older kids go around throwing balloons filled with pee, which is disgusting. And the, <laughs> the Belcher kids aren't afraid because they just want more candy. Do you blame them, honestly? Moments later, older kids are in mass recreating the movie The Warriors. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a movie called The Warriors, obviously. They hold bottles in their hands and they go, Warriors, come out and play. They say stuff like that. If you haven't seen the movie, maybe you play the game. The game is based on the movie. So maybe that helps. If not, check it out. It's a good movie. I liked it. So, um, so after that, they begin throwing pee balloons at kids. The Belcher kids start walking around town um, trying to find the docks. Back at the party, Teddy is trying to find who's the culprit who killed Francis. And then <laughs> Gretchen offers her psychic powers. <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. I don't know why that made me laugh. Okay, Linda notices that Bob might have been the one who killed Francis. And because on the back of Bob's outfit, there's uh, like specks of fur and orange and black paint. The Belcher kids get caught and run away. Uh, they, you know, they were sneaking around, got caught. So they start running away to the docks, leaving Milo and Nick behind. As they leave, Tina feels guilty over leaving them behind. Then Tina tries to guilt the other kids to join her and to save the other kids. Louise uses the older girl's cell phone to trick the Hellhunt kids to do whatever she wants. They eventually let the other kids free, and now Louise is using her the phone to prank them. Back at the party, Teddy buries Francis and Teddy wants everyone to say some kind words. Bob confesses he accidentally killed Francis. Teddy's upset, but soon realizes that he might have killed him himself when he spray painted him black and orange. Once everything is done, everybody just leaves the party. They're just like, bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. The older kids chase after the Belcher kids, and moments later, the other kids are in town, and they're throwing balloons at the Hellhunt kids. Now that the kids are home, Gene is upset because he lost his candy during the chase. Bob and Linda walk in, talking about how they killed Teddy's guinea pig. The ending credits are Bob and Linda dancing in their costumes. It was a really funny episode. <laughs> well, anyway, so here's my review for the episode. 
my reviews, I write them in very sterile format and I have to like jazz it up after I read it. And sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> so funny. So uh, I love this episode. It's one of my favorite Bob's Burgers episodes. It really captures the essence of being a kid in Halloween. I related to it very much because when I used to go trick-or-treating as a kid, there were a bunch of older kids that did tease everyone and throw eggs at them. They would ride bicycles and start screaming and stuff. So I, I related to it 100%. I never received full bars trick-or-treating, so I could only imagine how that was freaking amazing when Louise got those bars. But <laughs> this episode really had a lot of atmosphere and maybe miss it a lot in the newer episodes because we don't really get much of that. I did notice that they use a lot of pumpkin transitions and that made me laugh. And then the jokes were very funny and I love the kids turning the table and winning the night back from the bullies. I give this episode a 10 out of 10. It's perfect. Bob, it's a perfect Bob Burger Hall, Halloween episode. And I'm probably going to watch it probably a few more times before Halloween. That's no lie. I'm probably going to watch this many times. I gotta say, when I write these reviews, I just crack myself up because it's nothing like how I imagined thing I would write. Why do I write different from how I think? I don't get it. But it was a really fun episode. I enjoyed it. I'm giggling like a three-year-old after eating a bag of candy on Halloween, obviously, because I just, just love Halloween so much. But anyway, so here we go. Up next, The Simpsons. Here's a summary for Season 2, Episode 3, Treehouse of Horror. <laughs> okay, so the first scene is Marge talking to the audience about Halloween. She is warning the audience not that it's going to be a scary episode and not to write angry letters. <laughs> You're probably wondering why did she do that, right? Well, see, if I remember correctly, during network television, there there was like a group of people, I forgot the name of them, but they would scour like you know, scour through all the TV on you know on network television looking for inappropriate content and they would write letters and a lot of them were very threatening and a lot of them had a lot of power in FCC, I guess, and they would raise, you know, raise hell over it. They would just be over over the top angry and you would hear it in the news all the time. That's why she did that little like you know thing in the beginning but we don't really have that issue nowadays because you know internet streaming all that stuff so you know how that goes well moments later we get an iconic cemetery intro this intro i love it so much every time i see it i'm so happy because when you watch it you always want to read like what did they write in there that was so weird but here we go we soon see homer with a bag of halloween candy and he's looking up and he sees that the kids are in a treehouse talking about scary stories bart begins to tell a story called bad dream house in this story, Homer and the family bought a new cursed house, and Marge is very suspicious of it because it was so cheap. But we begin to notice that the house was, has levitating books, and the walls are bleeding, and they're not phased by it. They seem like very calm, like it's a normal thing. And all these paranormal things like warp holes and stuff, and they're just like, whatever. And eventually, they do get kind of freaked out because they see Bob is being strangled by a ghost. And Homer is just doing everything he can to keep them from leaving the house because he got such a great deal on it. <laughs> Bob eventually cave, Marge eventually caves in and they sleep in the house. The house keeps talking to the family, trying to incite violence between them. Lisa has a knife, Homer has an axe, Marge has a bread knife, Bart has a mallet, and Maggie has a pocket knife. 
Then we see Marge buttering some bread, I think, or putting mayonnaise on it. And then the family's going crazy and she stops them before they finish having a knife fight. Lisa opens the door and notices that the house was built on an ancient Indian burial ground, which is an outdated term. They could have said Native American burial ground, but you know, it was the 80s, I think, or 90s. So Homer complains about not knowing that and the realtor on the phone says, I've said it many times before you bought this house. The voice begins to scare Marge and she screams at him and calms him down. The family begins to try and reason with the voice. Marge demands respect and as they walk out of the house, the house decides to destroy itself rather than live with them. We come back to the treehouse and Homer is still listening in on them. Bart continues to tell scary stories and the next one is Hungry for uh, Hungry and the Damned. The family is at a is at home with wait, the family is at home. Homer turns on the bug zapper. <laughs> And he goes, I got him, or something like that. It was really funny. He, he kills a bunch of flies, and then he fills the grill with a huge amount of lighter fluid. And then as he lights it up, a huge plume of fire goes up. Moments later, a UFO shows up and picks up the Simpsons. Well, most of them, anyways. They had to use two tractor beams on Homer. funny um they soon set off into space when we meet king and kodos for the first time they explain that they're taking them to a new planet uh rigel 4 i think it's called we get to see the rarely seen third alien which doesn't have a name because his name is so difficult to pronounce because you need to have no tongue <laughs> that's what i wrote as my notes the aliens provide food for the simpsons and they are eating but lisa said the food doesn't taste quite right they give the Simpsons a tour around the spaceship and then mention that they have every channel on the TV but HBO because it would have cost extra. <laughs> he also shows them a video game and the family teases them that it's just Pong. Lisa asks them how come they don't eat their own food. The aliens give hints that they are wanting to eat the Simpsons when they get back to Rigel 4. The aliens begin to weigh them. <laughs> And they love Homer, for obvious reasons. Lisa begins snooping around and catches them reading from a cookbook. And um, it says, uh, the, I think it was something like love eating humans or something. The love of eating humans or cooking humans or something like that. Lisa warns them about the cookbook. And then there's a really fun gag where they blow the dust off the book. And it switches between cooking for humans and cooking humans. And it really cracked me up because it's like that's a great gag come on it's really good they get upset and send them back home because they were upset they didn't they distrusted them they eventually leave lisa said that they there were monsters on the ship but it wasn't them it was her and her family <laughs> that was a twist i wasn't expecting uh i remember watching it many 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 times that ending i always forget that little twist and then when i saw it again i'm like oh yeah such a great twist to have to say that so we finally get back at the treehouse again and lisa starts the next story by reading the raven we see homer sleeping on a chair then we learn that marge or lenore in the book has passed away someone is tapping on homer's chamber door and then finally opens the door and there's nothing there bart is frustrated that this is not scary homer opens up a window and a bart looking raven flies in and lands on the chamber door saying nevermore the raven says nevermore over and over and over. 
There's an angel version of Lisa and Maggie floating above them. Homer begins cursing at the raven. The raven only says never more. Homer is in full anger mode, runs around trying to get rid of the bird. The raven drops other works of Edgar Allan Poe on Homer's head. Homer eventually calms down and looks at the raven. None of the kids are scared of the story and Bart says he's not going to have any trouble sleeping tonight. And we soon see Homer freaking out. Homer wants to leave the lights on. Marge says, they're just stories. They can't hurt you. And turns off the light. We soon see Bart, a Bart Raven in the window. The ending credits is just spooky theme music and the cemetery gate. So here's my review for the episode. What I wrote, like I said, I write down very sterile things and I add stuff to it. This brings back so many uh, memories as a kid. They used to show reruns of Treehouse of Horror episodes on Halloween in my town. When I used to get back from trick-or-treating, because we would get back, I think around like 7, 30, 8 o'clock, before it got really, really dark. I would watch them and then eat candy, and it was a really good bonding experience between me and my brother and me. Because, you know, he has since passed away a couple years ago, and these moments are very precious to me. And when I watch this episode, I just think of him instantly, because I remember we were tra trading candy while we were watching this. And it was very sweet and cute, and I, and I don't know, it was just one of those things where you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, those days were never going to get back again. It was fun. This episode was so fun that I, <laughs> I love the first two stories, with the first story being the best one. And then uh, it was a mix of, like, Amityville Horror and Poltergeist. It was so funny to see them in some random house and just not care about weird things that are happening to them. The ending was hilarious the of that story because the house said yeah i'd rather not exist and uh and deal with you people <laughs> i don't know why that cracked me up the second story wasn't as good but still was pretty good to watch and it introduced king and koto so that was one of the greatest things also i love the book gag that really cracked me up and plus the ending really is a thought provoker trying to say oh we thought they were the monsters but in reality we were the monsters very smart the third story felt like an afterthought. They probably just didn't know what to do. And they were probably scared of running over on their episode time. So they probably were like, well, this is a short poem. So we'll have Lisa read it. And it'd be a you know, pretty safe uh, ending for the story. And they didn't really have to do too much jazzing up. But it really made you go, WTF? Especially when I was a kid. I was like, why are they reading Edgar Allan Poe? I didn't even know who he was until this episode. <laughs> So, and I think that was pretty cool to learn about him in Simpsons. I would have went with the Telltale Heart. Again, I think, uh, you know, I guess it was a time crunch. And they honestly just really wanted, a, you know, a great episode overall. I would give this episode a 10 out of 10 for nostalgia. But I've never, if I've never seen The Simpsons, I would have given this episode probably an 8 out of 10. Because of the weak third story. Up next, Family Guy. Here's a summary for Season 9, Episode 4, Halloween on Spooner Street. The family's getting ready for Halloween and Chris is dressed like Bill Cosby in blackface. And Lois wants him to take that off and put on his Indian chief outfit like a good person. <laughs> we soon learn that Peter is going to prank Quagmire this year. They begin throwing eggs at him as he's getting his mail and then we soon meet Dick Pump get his weird package. Joe sleeps with a cat quagmire as a prank. It was very strange. I, gotta say. I was like, what? When I first saw it. I mean, I've seen it a million times later. But you know how it goes. Then they poke quagmire with a bunch of known diseases and it doesn't affect him. P 
Peter goes to Africa to find a disease that no one has known about and it seemingly kills Quagmire. We soon... <laughs> it was so funny because he just falls to the ground and he's just bleeding out and we're assuming like, I guess he's dead. We soon see Stewie in his window seeing kids trick-or-treating and thinks they're demons and starts shooting at them. And that is like a very strange scene. You just hear like, ah, and he's like shooting. And I'm like, this could end up being in the news. <laughs> in real world, you know what I mean? So Brian explains that they're just trick-or-treating and that it interests Stewie as he's never done it before. Meg walks down the stairs dressed in a hot cat outfit and walks away to, a, to the party. She literally just shows up and says, I'm a sexy cat or something, and then leaves. <laughs> Stewie's first costume is a duck, and it's not just a regular duck, it's a vampire duck based on True Blood. <laughs> Which, I love that show. I remember watching it, my friend made me watch it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. I enjoyed it. And I just realized where they referenced two HBO things today. Interesting. Anyways, they reach Mayor West's house, and he's handing out Cornish hens and gravy to the kids. Now, okay, the joke wasn't funny ever, but it could have been so funny because if they would have picked something else other than Cornish hens and gravy, I think if they would have just gave out mashed potatoes and then gravy, and then you can see the gravy dripping out of the bags and stuff, then it would have been kind of funny. But the Cornish hens was felt so like out of nowhere. I was like, okay. But anyway, Stewie loses Brian and they're starting to walk around and some older kids begin bullying Stewie. They take his candy and push him on the ground. Moments later, the same disease that affected Quagmire gets Stewie, and he <laughs> And he dies. <laughs> Again, another death. Well, not really as you... <laughs> in the next scene, we see him walking around and bumps into Brian. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> because if you're watching commercials, it's okay. But when, you just, when you're not watching commercials and they just go into another scene, you're like, what the heck? <laughs> I remember that part where... Um, another hot family guy episode where they had a it was a cleveland and and peter were falling down a waterfall and goes oh my god they're dead and then they go we're not dead and he goes they're all just gags well anyways brian agrees to help him and get his candy back peter and quagmire reminiscing about the day's events and we learn that quagmire is claiming to be japanese we he mentions that his grandfather was a kamikaze pilot during the war Joe is getting ready. Well, kamikaze pilot is someone that like basically is suicide, suicidal pilot. They just crash into things. So um, Joe is getting ready for work and Peter wants to join him. Joe doesn't want him because he he gets into trouble. And Peter said, well, what was the last time I got into trouble? And then we get a cutaway of Peter at a supermarket being lost. And then they announce that uh, Lois to go pick him up. Well, they say, pick up your precious little package or something like that. Or we have a package waiting for you or something like that. And then Lois is like, Peter, come on. <laughs> the whole scene was awkward. I mean, awkward and didn't make any sense because he said he'd get into trouble. I really wasn't getting into trouble. I was just getting lost. It would have been funny if he knocked something over and got arrested or something. Then it would have made more sense. I don't know. Later, or like maybe he was at a, a meter made at a meter and then like doesn't put the money in and just parks there. And then the meter maybe like scratches her car. And, said, and he goes, oh, no. And he goes, you should have paid freaking 25 cents, Peter, or something like that. I don't know. That, that would have been more, made more sense than this scene. Well, later we get, we see Meg and her friends, and they're very confident in their hot new looks. And then they're like, yeah, we look really great, right? And they're like, yeah. And then moments later, we have Peter and Quagmire just destroying their confidence. And I was just like, 
That's messed up. That's really messed up, but funny. So Joe begins asking about Cragmire about his Japanese heritage, and he starts naming off a bunch of stereotypes, and they believe him from the stereotype. It wasn't a very funny scene. It was very boring and weird and not necessary, but I guess the writers felt they needed to put that in there. So we find out that Joe is um, at a domestic abuse call, which could have been very dark, and it's still kind of dark, and we find out that it's a married little couple, and the joke I didn't really find very funny. It started mocking them by playing music and giving them the impression that they're puppets. I just, it was distasteful back then and now, and I don't, I just don't like it. It's just icky. Eventually they're subdued, so no, uh, so we see Brian and Stewie again, and Brian confronts the bullies and they trick him and spray paint him pink. The Pink Panther walks by and says, oh, it's your first day being pink. And he says, welcome to hell, which was a really good joke, I think. And then we get a flashback soon after where <laughs> we see Mort steals a newspaper and hides in his shell for protection. Horrible joke. I didn't find that funny at all. And it was weird to see him hide into his clothes. I don't know. That was just, a, I would delete, I would just like highlight, delete that whole thing and delete it. Never see it again. We see Bill Clinton at the party playing spin the bottle. Meg soon spins the bottle and now she and Optimus Prime are going to have seven minutes in heaven. Woohoo, get it, Meg. And then, <laughs> so, stupid. so the crowd is waiting for them to get out because it's been far more than seven minutes. They eventually open the door and they reveal Meg is actually kissing Chris the whole time. They begin to freak out. It was insanely awkward and kind of funny because you're uncomfortable. That's what made it so funny. Bill Clinton shows up and then wanting to get in the fun, which was unneeded. Peter and the gang are at the airport and Quagmire sees a plane that he remembers of his grandfather flying during the war. He starts it up and begins to take them for a flight. Brian and Stewie are creeping out, are creeping around trying to find out where the bullies are. Stewie threatens them with a rocket launcher and one of the bullies throws a rock at him and he drops a rocket launcher and kills Godzilla. Saddest day in history. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stewie gets upset and because I really love Godzilla. So Stewie gets upset and cries, and then the next thing we see Lois demanding that the candy she wants the candy back and bullies the kids to hand their the bullies the mother to hand her candy, her kids candy to her. Oof. When she begins to bully her, she wants 40 bucks, and when she didn't have the 40 bucks, she asked for 80 bucks and took her welcome mat. In the plane, the gang are enjoying their flight. Quagmire begins flying the plane recklessly as if he was going to crash his plane into a US um I think it's like a landing ship or something. I don't know what they call that. But <laughs> you know those big boats that they land planes on? I don't know what you call that. What do you call that? A naval ship, maybe? I don't know. As they scream, he mentions that it was a joke and he was actually not Japanese and that they're safe. In the next scene, we see Stewie and Brian looking off, looking talking about off-brand candies. The moments later, Chris and Meg walk in and Brian questions them. They smell like sweat and shame and they give vague positive responses of their night. <laughs> Woo, that was a hard one to read because a lot of strange things happened, right? So here's my review of the episode. It was a very good first episode, Halloween episode of Family Guy. It gives us three different stories and each one was engaging and chuckle worthy. I especially like Stewie's storyline because it honestly could have been an entire episode with just that because I thought it would be kind of fun to see Stewie walk around doing, you know, trick-or-treating and getting into trouble, but what can you do? Peter's story started off great and then tapered off and 
that was when they introduced the little people fighting. I kind of like felt it was distasteful and kind of like annoyed me. And by the time they got to the end with the plane gag, it was it ended kind of funny. It was kind of funny to see that Quagmire was lying the entire time, even though he was doing like cultural procreation for that. But what can you do? This was what 2010 or something. So Meg's story was shocking and funny at the same time. She had so much confidence and then to finally uh, to hook up a, with a guy and Peter and Quagmire just erased it in seconds by yelling at him saying like, you know, you're ugly or something like that. It really made me laugh. Then we have Bill Clinton um, being at the party and it was hilarious and unexpected, which made me laugh. So I was like, why is he here? But when they added him into the, uh, the that other scene, it was just kind of weird. So the seven minutes in heaven scene, <laughs> when I first saw it was earth shattering and I was like, what? When I was like, this is horrible. And it's been years since then. And now those shocking moments really don't affect me as much as they used to because they've done other crazy shocking things too. But this is probably on the top tier of most shocking and awkward. Overall, the episode was good and is definitely a 7 out of 10. I think if I were to review it when it first aired, it would have gotten a 9 out of 10 because a lot of these jokes are in the show are dependent on being shocked. But because obviously watching it multiple times and seeing other shocking things that they have created it kind of like dulled the jokes down a little bit but i was impressed that this was it took nine seasons for them to have a halloween episode right it doesn't feel it would think it'd been earlier but they waited nine seasons almost a decade or longer because they were canceled for two years i think well here's my wrap up for today the first episodes were of all the seasons were really good so these are all the first episodes first halloween episodes for each show my favorite being bob's burgers and it's not a bias or anything it's just a better written episode it has emotion and jokes and great pacing the simpsons comparatively was three different stories with a framing device now only one of them was really well written was it fun to watch of course i personally love watching it and i'll watch it again because the even though the first two were the best like the first one was the most well-written story the second one was really good but the third one really didn't fit in so that's the reason why it wasn't my favorite episode tonight or today whatever and family guy this one's really hard one to compare because it had good moments i enjoyed it but i think the humor isn't as timeless as the simpsons so the jokes just didn't have as much impact as they used to especially if you watch the show regularly like i do and, but it's still totally watchable and I enjoy it when it's on. So it's one of those things like I'm not going to like look out for it. But when I do watch it, I'll have fun watching it. Woohoo! I finally finished my first new format episode. It's kind of interesting. and I'm really excited to do more of these type of episodes because now we're going to be able to compare and contrast three different families from three different shows. And I mean, it's going to be really interesting. So... I was expecting it to be a longer episode because of adding the three the other two shows and having three shows to do overall and it came out to being almost the same time how is this even possible i did write our my overviews and a little bit shorter than i normally do which is not normal for me the reason i did because i wasn't sure if it was going to end up being like an hour and a half or two hours or something i was like i don't know how but let me just cut down my normal writing style so that it was a little more brief I guess I went too far and now we only did like what a 25 30 minutes maybe so I'll see if I can make them um, a little bit longer <laughs> so there'll be more to talk about I just cut down so much I could have done so much more but you know it's a learning process it's a new format what can you do first one 
I'm just uh, so jazzed about Halloween. I love it so much. I have a poll right now on my Instagram where I'm talking about uh, what costume I should make for myself for Halloween. It's going to be one of the Belcher family members or Gail, Teddy, or Mr. Franz. Personally, I think it'd be really... Okay, if I'm going to go with funny, it would be Louise. If I'm going to go with more realistic, probably Mr. Franz, maybe? Maybe. Or Gail, I think it'd be kind of funny. <laughs> Being dressed up as Gail. But yeah, um, I'm going to see if I can make my costume myself. I know how to sew, so one of those things. I just don't want to get like one of those like box costumes and it just look sad because sometimes they use like really cheap fabric and stuff and it just comes off looking kind of like not premium and I just like the feeling of making my own costume so all of that's important. So the next episodes are all puns of Halloween movies. So today's was a nightmare on Ocean Avenue and the next episode is Friday the 13th Ocean Avenue beginning. <laughs> It's based on Friday the 13th, New Beginning, The New Beginning, which is a really good movie if you like horror movies. So uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Monday, uh, the premiere night, and then part two of our Halloween special, Friday the 13th, Ocean Avenue, New Beginning, because next Friday is, guess what? Friday the 13th. And every Friday the 13th, I watch Friday the 13th movies. I have all of them, and I enjoy them tremendously. I've been watching them since I was a baby, basically. So, uh, um, <laughs> trying to think of what else I was going to talk about. So yeah, next time I think I'm going to make the episodes longer. That's going to be one one check on that. The next thing, um, I'm also going. See, I'm tired. Talk about the costume. I'm trying to think of all the things I want to talk about. Yeah. So make sure to check out my Instagram at Ocean Avenue Podcast and my site podcasterdonny.com for more information, which is going to be kind of interesting because um, I've normally only drawn. Bob's Burgers characters on my Instagram and now I think I'm going to introduce Simpsons and Family Guy and I think my signature style will include all three in every picture because I think not many people do that very often and I think it'd be kind of fun to do we'll see if it's if it catches like people are interested in it then I'll go with it if it's like too combobulated like like really confusing like discombobulated I would say I wouldn't do it again, or maybe I'll do it occasionally, having all three in one picture, but, you know, I will find out. I It's an experimental phase, so maybe I'll do one episode, one drawing of, like, Simpsons, one of Family Guy, one of, like, Bob's Burgers, because, you know, now I have, like, a lot of things I can do. Before, I felt very limited to my, my scope of uh, creativity, because there's only so many characters on Bob's Burgers that you can draw that people are recognized. I'm not going to start picking up like random background characters because like kind of <laughs> remember parrot guy i'll just pick him it'd be really funny like who's this parrot guy i haven't seen him or remember pirates of panache you could pick one of the actors on that and just draw that and people be like this doesn't really make any sense i don't know i'm i'm very random and wacko so i don't know what to tell you so until the next episode <laughs> so bad bye bye <laughs>